All right. Well, you know what that sound means. Getting used to it by now, I would imagine. We have breaking news in the world of Indiana basketball yet again as another Indiana Hoosier who put his name into the transfer portal has taken his name out of the transfer portal because he is coming back to Bloomington. And that man is Race Thompson, who at times, if you recall, on this show, we said was Indiana's best player last year because at times he was. Now, he didn't have the consistency of a guy like a Trace Jackson Davis, but we all know what Race Thompson can do. A glue guy extraordinaire, plays so hard on both ends, an excellent defensive player, a great guy at you know, cleaning stuff up on the glass on the offensive end, has shown uh, some growth in his offensive game, and he believes in what Coach Mike Woodson is doing, and he is coming back. His quote, which he posted on Instagram, after talking it over with my family, I'm happy to announce I'm coming back to Indiana. I'm excited for Coach Woodson and the future of the program. Go Hoosiers. You know, let's stop for a second here. <laughs> Just recognize what has happened since Mike Woodson took over. He took over and Parker Stewart is in the transfer portal and Race Thompson's in the transfer portal and Armand Franklin and on and on. And Trace Jackson Davis is expected to go pro. Now Durham obviously went to Providence, you know, made his decision very early on. Every other person, even assistant coaches like Kenya Hunter, have talked with Mike Woodson, figured out what his vision is going to be for Indiana basketball, and they have decided to come back. And what is really special, I think, uh, sorry, I'm getting text messages. I sent out the link to everybody. It may just be me today, folks. <laughs> we, uh, you know, we obviously got this race, just announced this. I don't know. I'm recording this at 11 o'clock Central Time. He just announced it at like 1040 Central Time. Not sure if anybody would be able to join me. So you may just have to listen to my voice, but getting text. Eric can't join. Alex can't join. So we'll see uh, if anybody's able to come on. But, you know, think about Race Thompson and Jordan Geronimo especially, right? Jordan Geronimo is from out east, you know, comes here as a freshman, doesn't experience a ton of team success, doesn't get to play a ton you know, individually. And he talks it over with Mike Davis or Mike Davis with Mike Woodson and decides to come back. Race Thompson, a guy who, you know, in a lot of the rankings that you look at of big men in the transfer portal, he's right near the top. Clearly was going to have a lot of options for where he wanted to go. A guy with that size, that experience, such a team player, a guy who plays so hard. And there's a new coach at Minnesota where his dad is a legendary athlete, where there clearly was going to be a pull to go home. And he decides to come back. I mean, that's special. That, you know, that really, you know, each one of these in its own way is special. Trace Jackson Davis deciding to forego going to, to the NBA when that was clearly his plan. That's special. Christian Lander deciding to forego all the other options he would have as a five-star point guard. That's special. But man, you start adding it up and it's really special. And I can't really fathom any other scenario thinking back to where we were as Indiana walked off the court after the Rutgers game. Fans booing. And you can say what you want about fans booing, whether you like it, whether you don't like it, whatever. The team's performance and the program's trajectory had gotten to a point where fans are booing their own team off the court. And things felt as despondent and dejected as I've ever felt them as an IU fan. You know, I heard again Clavio talk about this on Mind Your Banners with Zach Osterman that, you know, and in all of his time, he had never felt the apathy around IU basketball that he felt at the end of last season. And now to be where we are, less than a month later, I think, I don't remember exactly when that game was, but it's around a month later. And to be here with this level of excitement is something really remarkable. It really is, you know, and, you know, I don't know. It's, it's tough for me to fathom another coach, another coaching staff coming in and rebuilding the enthusiasm and confidence in the way that Mike Woodson and his staff has done it. It's truly been impressive. Uh, but let's talk about the impact. This is, this is Race Thompson's show. So let's talk about the impact of Race Thompson, you know, because there, there has been a thread of discussion as we've started to talk about Mike Woodson and this new offense and playing more wide open and let's get more shooters and let's play four round one with Trace Jackson Davis. You know, where does Race Thompson fit into this? And, you know, I think based on Race's profile so far as a player, 
That is a fair question to ask because what we have seen over the last couple of years is a lot of Indiana teams that are built around two big guys. And that makes life tough. You know, it clogs things up for Trace. It means that you only at maximum have three big guys on the court. And so what you may gain on the defensive end because of your ability to match up down low, you may lose on the offensive end with a lack of versatility. And I think it's worked relatively well against a zone because Race and Trace are both good players. They're pretty good passers. Uh, you know, you really lose some of the explosiveness. You know, and you know, you look at what Race has done. He's six for twenty-eight in his career from three-point range. That's only twenty-one percent. Uh, you know, he hasn't been a great free throw shooter, sixty-two point three percent. So, you know, we've all kind of had this 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 theoretical thought of Race Thompson as being a you know a four who can step out and make threes because he did show some of that in high school and it looks like he's got a decent enough shot, but we haven't seen it yet. You know, we just we haven't seen that yet on the court. So, how is he going to fit? Well. What I would say is I don't have the exact answer for that, but I think as you look forward to Mike Woodson's program at Indiana and you look forward to the kind of players that you need to win in the Big Ten, I think if you can't devise a system that wins with Race Thompson, the problem is more with your system because Race Thompson is a good basketball player and he puts more things on the table than he takes off. Now, Will there probably be more times this year when he and Trace don't play on the court together? Yeah, I can envision that. You know, Race was at 68.2% of the minutes last year. With some of the depth that we have, that we project to have this year, you know, if Joey Brunk comes back and then obviously Trace is back and you've got Jerome Hunter and you've got Jordan Geronimo, you've got Logan Duncan as a freshman who could play or who could redshirt, and we'll talk about that. It's probably unlikely that Race hits 68% of the minutes. And that's okay. You know, what I think is going to be interesting with guys like Race Thompson, guys like Rob Finnessy, who have been around for a while, right, and have been used to playing a lot of minutes, it's like, well, you know, how are they going to respond to maybe playing fewer minutes? Because we've got these new guys coming in and we're playing this different style that we don't necessarily see how they fit. One thing I have found in my years watching college basketball, watching sports really, is it always seems to be easier to get guys to buy in to the team concept and to maybe playing a particular role that isn't as expansive as they'd want, but that fits the team better, is when they've gone through losing and are just so hungry to win, I think you're more likely to do that. And I think what you're going to see, this is my, my own projection, my own feeling, what you're going to see from a guy like Race Thompson, who had every opportunity to leave and go and probably go somewhere where they would have promised him 75% of minutes and a big role. He decides to come back I can't imagine that he's coming back with any idea other than I'm ready to do whatever this team needs me to do to win. You know, and if that's being, you know, playing a backup role to Trace Jackson Davis sometimes, fine. You know, if that's us, you know, playing together sometimes, but it's a little bit different role, fine. If this is I am dedicating myself to developing my outside shot so that I can step outside and be what this team needs as a four-man, fine. But you win Big Ten titles with guys like Race Thompson. We have seen it over and over again. Michigan State's, Wisconsin's, Purdue's. You have guys like Race Thompson who are tough and strong down low, who play hard, who put the team first. And here are the most important stats that you need to know about Race Thompson. Because what he's going to do, I think, is be an anchor defensively for Indiana. You know, it's, I don't know exactly how he's going to fit in this offense because I don't know exactly how the offense is going to look. But what I do know is he's going to be a defensive anchor when he's out there. There aren't a lot of guys that have block percentages of above 5% and steal percentages above 2%. You know, when you start talking about the guys who have done that at Indiana, you're talking about guys like Jawan Morgan, guys like OG Ananobi, really good, versatile, athletic defensive players. That's what Race Thompson has done every single year he's been at Indiana. As a freshman, his block rate, 5.3%, 2.8%. As a sophomore, 5.5%, 2.9%. As a, as a junior, 5.2%, 2.2%. He is a disruptive defender who really makes things tough on the opposition. So it's going to be interesting to see how he fits offensively. And it's going to be a much easier fit. And I think you'll see him get a lot of minutes if he proves that he can step out and hit that 15-foot jump shot or even step out and knock down a few three-pointers. You know, that's going to be really big for him. But defensively, he's going to be a guy that late in games, you're going to want on the court because he's going to help you get stops. And he's a guy who, you know, 
look, even as you project Indiana forward with a lot of the excitement that we have, it's still going to be relying on a lot of young guys that haven't played in the Big Ten. You know, Xavier Johnson has three years of experience in the ACC. He's never played in the Big Ten before. Christian Lander is a guy we all have potential, think he could really bust out in his second year. Doesn't have a lot of experience in the Big Ten. Parker Stewart is a guy that a whole lot of things are, are being expected of. He hasn't played in the Big Ten and hasn't played in any games in a couple of years. You know, obviously some of the other young guys that you have. So having another guy in Race Thompson who has three years of experience in this league and has been productive is so big for this program. So, you know, Mike Davis, he's he's running it back. And, you know, that's going to be the other interesting question I think that people are going to have. It's like, uh, okay, so you're bringing all the same guys back from a team that was 12 and 15. Why are we supposed to expect this to be better? Well, number one, that's a dumb thing to say because we're adding a dynamic point guard in Xavier Johnson plus a shooter in Parker Stewart, which are two of the things that we did not have last year that if you fit that into last year's team, last year's team starts to look a lot better. So as soon as someone says you run it back with the same crew that was here that was 12 and 15, just shut them, shut those people up uh, right away. But, you know, I, 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 we all saw what Justin Smith did. Did I say Mike Davis again? Sorry. I, you know, my, my apologies. Um, people are t- saying in the chat that I said Mike Davis. You know, two, two great Mike coaches at Indiana. What, what do you want from me? Um, I'll try to be better about that. But we'll look at how AI impacted the COVID-19 pandemic and how we could someday suppress a global illness in a matter of weeks or faster if we're willing to accept a certain level of surveillance. I'm Malcolm Burnley, multimedia journalist and co-host of the new podcast, AI Nation. We explore the many ways artificial intelligence can help us solve problems and save lives and why we might not. AI Nation, listen now wherever you get your podcasts. Sticky notes, email alerts, a string around your finger. They're just not big enough. So here's a big reminder from the California Lottery. The Mega Millions jackpot is over $250 million. Play now. Please play responsibly. Must be 18 years or older to purchase player five. You know, you look at what Justin Smith was able to do at Arkansas. Where you put him in a different system, he's a very similar player to what he was at Indiana, but he was more productive and played better. He was happier. He was freer. He was doing the things that he is more comfortable doing. And so I think that's an interesting comparison as you look at Race Thompson, a guy who, when he was in high school, really profiled as a guy who could shoot. And again, a lot of times looks comfortable shooting when he's in rhythm, but then we would see him at times last year and, and in previous seasons, and he wouldn't look comfortable. Like a lot of guys, he looked tight, you know, looked like he was afraid to take a shot because maybe he wasn't supposed to take a shot. And, you know, we're going to see, was that just endemic in the Archie Miller program? You know, with a new system, with Mike Woodson now, and giving guys more freedom to shoot, will a guy like Race Thompson feel more free and we kind of see his shooting be unlocked a little bit? Because I still think there's a little bit more there. You know, I don't think this is going to be a guy that you're going to want to count on as a three-point shooter, but if he's at least credible from 15 feet to open up space when he and Trace are playing together, you know, that's going to open up so many things offensively that weren't there. So, you know, it's, I'm fascinated to see how this works. I really am uh, with all the different pieces that, that Mike Woodson is going to have now with all these guys coming back. I'm fascinated to see how they're going to look under a new coach in a new system. But, you know, don't let the questions about how this is going to fit and, you know, how is, how is Mike Woodson going to divvy out the playing time? You know, don't let those questions obscure the fact that, my goodness, bringing all these guys back is an incredible sign about Mike Woodson's ability to paint a vision, get guys to buy in, build a relationship in a short period of time. And don't underestimate the power of having the leadership of a guy like Race Thompson, who has been around, has been through the battles, had the opportunity to leave, and decided to come back. It's really, really important. And it's an excellent sign to everybody else who's looking at Indiana basketball to say, damn, there hasn't been anything special there in a while, but it sure looks like something special is building right now. And that's what Race Thompson coming back seems to me. Because of all the guys in the transfer portal, he seemed like the guy who was most likely to go. A lot of people had kind of started to write him off, you know, as a guy who 
hey, he's probably going to leave, so let's you know let's start thinking elsewhere. And he's back, really, really big. I'm so glad to have him back, and I think he's the kind of guy that is going to find a way to carve out an important role on this team. You know, I think Trace Jackson Davis is obviously the star, and I think he's going to continue to be the star, and I think he'll be Indiana's leading scorer and all of those things. I think Xavier Johnson is just the kind of player he'll probably be second, if not first, in usage rate for this team. It's just the kind of player he is. If you're going to give him the ball, he's going to go make plays. You know, So I think those two guys a lot of times will kind of be the, the fulcrum you know, for what Indiana is doing offensively. But I think you see a lot of guys that have really particular skills around them that are going to be able to fit in. You know, whether it's Parker Stewart and his ability to just go get a bucket and shoot, you know, kind of be, you know, a James Blackman Jr. type, you know, even if he's not that level of shooter, he's that kind of player where he can shoot and go get a bucket. You know, Rob Finnessy can be a guy like a Remy Abel was on the 2011-2012 team, where it's more of a role player, but he comes in as a defensive stopper, can make some big shots when you need him to, be a secondary playmaker. You know, Christian Lander's a little bit of a wild card, but we know how much talent he's got. You know, Jerome Hunter can come in and just be a sniper, which is what he does best, and clearly, which is what he's excited about. You know, Joey Brunk is a guy who can come in and just destroy backup centers with his offensive game. And Race Thompson is a guy that you can come in, and if you're playing a team with a really good big, you could start him alongside Trace Jackson Davis, let him absorb some of those defensive minutes for the first five or six minutes so Trace can get going offensively, not be at risk of getting fouls, and be that kind of defensive role player, you know, offensive garbage man type, screener type that, you know, maybe isn't going to be an all Big Ten player because the numbers won't be there, but that we all know makes such a huge impact on any type of winning team. And so that's what, and I didn't even go through some of the other guys and all the roles that they can play, but that's what Mike Woodson is building. And yeah, I think it's fair to be a little bit concerned. It's like, my God, all these guys are coming back. How are you going to keep them all happy? <laughs> you know, there aren't going to be enough, there aren't going to be enough minutes. I just don't think that some of these guys would be coming back without their eyes wide open about what their roles are going to be. Because everything we've heard from Mike Woodson is that he tells us what we don't want to hear. He's going to tell us the truth. And these guys aren't you know, these players aren't dumb. If they see 12 or 13 really good players on the roster, they know they're going to be competing for minutes. So is it a potentially combustible situation? Maybe, but that's the type of situation that you want as a coach, which is a lot of talent, a lot of guys who can fill different roles, guys who may be better in certain matchups than others. And your upperclassmen, they haven't won a lot. They're going to be hungry to win. And I think that they will buy into a winning program. If there's winning, I think they will buy in to roles where they're playing even lesser minutes to be part of something that's greater than themselves because they haven't had a chance to do that at Indiana. So, you know, I struggle to to see how there's just anything but just enormous waves of optimism washing you know, washing ashore uh in in Bloomington with with all of this news. Now, look, you know, the next question and I'll, you know, I'll answer some questions here from the live audience in just a minute. I think the next question that, that people want to know about is Armand Franklin. I don't know. I guess I should check Twitter to see if uh, see if any news has been posted about Armand Franklin. Uh, I don't see any. You know, it sounds like the winds are blowing that he may not be coming back. I know several people I've talked to, you know, have kind of suggested that. Um, you know, you guys all know that, uh, you know, that I... I text with his mom and talk with his mom. She certainly hasn't been, hasn't given anything uh, away about anything. Um, and so I have, I have no idea other than kind of what I read and hear from other folks. Um, you know, as of yesterday, I was feeling pretty good about it. Then you hear some stuff this morning and it's like, well, maybe it's not so good. I don't know. All I know is we weren't feeling good about race and he ended up coming back. You know, we'll see with Armand. He's got great options. And I think some of the options that have been talked about for him going to Illinois and filling in the IO role, going to Virginia, you know, and playing for a guy that I think is one of the best coaches in the country, obviously at a great school uh, in a defensive system that he's familiar with. Like, these are all great options for him. And so I, I hope he's back because the thought of Xavier Johnson, Parker Stewart, and Armand Franklin in the backcourt together, and then the flexibility that you'll have with Christian Lander and Rob Finnessy behind them is unbelievable. I mean, it's just that is the kind of backcourt that we haven't had here in a long time. And so I think Armand is such a great fit. As we talked about yesterday on the show, you know, I don't think that Xavier Johnson comes coming in 
needs to do anything for Armand other than make him feel like things are going to be even easier for him to kind of pick his spots as a scorer and attacker. Um, but we'll see. We'll see with him. I, I just I know that he has tons of great options, and he comes from such a smart basketball family that he's going to make a good decision. And so I think we all just need to wait. You know, I don't. I don't really buy. I do buy the notion that we want people that are 100% bought into Indiana for sure. But just because somebody explores other options doesn't mean when they come back that they're not 100% bought in. It's kind of one of those things. It's like, okay, you get curious. You're out here looking. You take some time to settle on a decision. It's like Race Thompson. No one's saying now, well, shoot, it took Race this long. Is he really fully bought in? You just want to get to the, you know, silly narratives happen in the vacuum of space and time before a decision because we're all impatient and there's you know, we fill that time with chatter and some of it is dumb and some of it is insightful and then everything else in between. And I've seen some of that with the Armand discussion. Yes, we want guys who are fully bought in, but let's let him go through the process, see which of the great options he wants to do. And if we know anything about Armand, he'll be 100% bought in whatever decision he makes, just like he was to Indiana the last couple of years. And let's go. If he's with us, you know, that's amazing. <laughs> I mean, it's it, it's an incredible kind of cherry on top to the roster building that Mike Woodson has already been doing. But if he's not with us, you know, we have the depth to absorb it. I don't think it's you can't possibly say the roster would be as good without him. Um, but that may be the decision that he makes. And so we'll wait and see. No real sense speculating about it beyond that. We should find out relatively soon. And then, you know, we'll go from there. So... <clears throat> Let me open it up. If you guys have questions, uh, post them here in the chat. Uh, it looks like uh, none of my none of my emails that I sent out to our usual uh, gang of live show impromptu live show guests uh, were able to come on. This one we got this one together really quickly, so I had to kind of do it because I've got a webinar coming up this afternoon. So I had to do it. I won't be able to be on Assembly Call Radio tonight, but special guest Dustin Dopirak will be with us. He talked to Xavier Johnson right after Xavier Johnson made his decision. Uh, and so he'll be on to give us some insight. Andy uh, should be back to host. He is getting the second vaccine, so let's let's hope that Andy has is able to you know not have some of the adverse side effects from that second vaccine. But he and Coach should be here uh, along with Dustin Dopirak to to kind of break down all the news that we've that we've gotten uh, and uh, you know just kind of take stock of where we are. Uh, let me look at some question. Let me look at some questions that we've got here uh, from Owen. Does it all? Why did race take so long? Oh, I put the wrong one up there. Okay, why did race take so long? Because it's a big decision, and he had a lot of options, and one of those options was going home. And, you know, I don't, you know, take so long. I don't even think he took that long. I mean, this is a really big decision. So I'm sure that there was some pressure from the Indiana side of, hey, you know, we want you back, but we've also got to start prepping, and there's a lot of guys in the transfer portal, and so if you want this spot, it may not be here forever. You know, so that may have sped up the decision. I don't think he took so long. Man, I would want to take a lot of time to make this decision. If I had a kid, I would want them to take a lot of time. So I actually don't think any of these guys are taking a long time. I think they're all making their decisions pretty quickly because of just the inherent pressure of how many options are out there in the portal. So I would not look at it that way. I think he took as much time as he needed. He's a valuable guy, and so his spot is here. And now he's back. You know, he took the time that he needed. Um, and Armand has taken the time that he needed. I just don't think framing it in the sense of, you know, taking it that long uh, makes a makes a ton of sense. Um, let's see. So uh, Jay Thompson twenty eight says projected starting five, with or without Armand. So this is tough. You know, Xavier Johnson I think projects as your starting point guard. I don't think you bring him in. I mean, obviously he's going to have to earn it, but he's the most accomplished of the point guards on the roster. Trace Jackson Davis is obviously going to start, as I said. I think those guys are your two anchors. You know, from there, if you have Armand Franklin, he's the third guy. Like, he, he would be starting. So if you have Armand Franklin, you know, now I think what's interesting is, you know, you've got to get some other shooters out there. And frankly, what I would like to see is a starting five that can change based on the matchup. I know that seems crazy, uh, but I would like to see more of an, uh, an amoeba-type lineup that is really based on matchups and situations. And again, so a team with a great big guy, I would like to see Race Thompson start on him so that he can absorb some of that defensive pressure early on and not, and so Trace can just focus on getting himself going offensively, right? So I think you can do that. But if you don't have that, 
you know, now some of it's going to depend on, well, what kind of summer does Jerome Hunter have? Because he's a wild card. We know the kind of talent that he's got. But if he's really focused and better and stronger and better defensively with his ability to shoot, I think your idealized version of the lineup is him playing the four along with Trace. And now you figure out what to do with the other guard position. Some of that's going to depend on Christian Lander's development. Christian Lander has the talent that if he develops and he gets the shot to a point where it's passable, well, good luck keeping him off the court. And good luck to defenses trying to figure out what the hell to do with Xavier Johnson and Christian Lander in the open court because now you've got two attacking point guards with excellent vision. You know, So if you get some shooters around those guys, like a Jerome Hunter uh, you know, and like a, a Parker Stewart, and if either, you know, either one of those guys can obviously step out and be a spot-up shooter themselves, that gives you a lot of options. So I know that doesn't, that doesn't answer the question specifically, but I would say that the, my guess, if you had Armand, that it would be Xavier Johnson, Armand Franklin, Parker Stewart because of the shooting and the ability to go get buckets, and he's a, a good-sized guy who can match up with other wings, um, and then Jerome Hunter, and Trace Jackson Davis, with maybe Jerome and Race kind of flip-flopping depending on the matchup. If you don't have Armand Franklin, then I think you're looking at, and please remind me if I'm forgetting anybody, but I think you're probably looking, at, and, and look, there could be another guy coming too. You know, There could be other, other transfers, especially if you don't get Armand. If Armand decides to go elsewhere, Indiana's almost surely going to look for other shooters. So then if you don't have Armand, you're looking at, I think, Xavier Johnson, Parker Stewart, Trace Jackson Davis, either Jerome Hunter or Race Thompson. And then again, this is where you don't know with Christian Lander. I would imagine Christian Lander will open the season coming off the bench, but if he really develops well, slide him right into that starting spot. He's already going to have some of the pressure taken off with Xavier Johnson being, you know, what I expect to be the main guy. So, you know, I think you're going to want to get him out there. And and look, it's very possible that Mike Woodson ends up siding with experience early and that Rob Finnessy is a guy that you want to be out there as a starter because he can take the toughest defensive matchup. And if his shooting confidence is back and he's playing off the ball, you know, he, he's been a really good spot up shooter. And so with a guy like Xavier Johnson able to go in there and create space or, or, you know, attack the defense and create space for guys on the wing because the other defenders are having to be drawn into him. Well, now if he's flanked by Parker Stewart and Rob Finnessy on the wings, both guys who have shown they can be great catch and shoot guys, that's tough too. So I don't mean to duck the question, but as I start talking this out, you can start to make the case for seven or eight guys to start. So it could depend on how they develop, how they play, what the matchup is, you know, exactly what style Mike Woodson is going to play, which we don't yet, you know, totally know. But those are good options to have, good problems to have, to have that many guys that you can easily see fitting in really well in a lineup where lineups make sense. And God, we have spent so much time over the last four years playing basketball with lineups that just don't really make sense. And it feels like we're going to spend a lot more time this season just with the guys that we already have on the roster playing basketball with lineups that make sense, both just generally for the style that you want to play and also depending on specific matchups. So good question. Again, I apologize that I didn't have a specific answer for you, but I don't know that you can really get a whole lot more specific with it than that right now. Uh, Someone said this could be Andy's flu game tonight. Yeah, I hope not. (laughs) I definitely hope that it is not uh, that it is not Andy's flu, uh, flu game. Um, let's see here. I want to get back to these questions. Um, okay, let's, it's going to be Andy's flu game. Uh, let's see. Jacoby says, thank you for doing these. It means a lot to share with people as excited. I agree. You know, it's kind of the role that I think we fill on the assembly call is when news happens, we like to jump on and give the instant reaction. Um, you know, and sometimes instant reactions can change a little bit when you have more time to, to think about it. But we try and be as thoughtful as we can with instant reactions because, man, as soon as news happens, like we're all excited. And we want to hang out together and, and, and celebrate it. Um, so, you know, we love doing them and we really appreciate everybody who's here listening and who supports us uh, in doing it. Um, do I think Armand will come back? Man, honestly, I'm at 50-50. Like I don't, again, I don't want it to be a cop-out, but yesterday I was, I think I texted, you know, coach that I felt like it was 55-45. You know, today you hear stuff that sounds a little bit different. So I don't know. I mean, I would I'd be flipping a coin. Basically, is how I feel about it, which I guess is maybe more optimistic than some. But that's kind of where I'm with it. Uh, Josh says Jerome Hunter seems to be going under the radar. Do you see him playing a big role in this new system? I absolutely do. 
because you know Jerome Hunter is a guy who I think can really hit the ground running in the new system if he's bought in defensively because you know he's not really a guy that needs to fix his shot. He's not a guy who needs to fix his confidence. You just put him in a system where the idea is, hey, let's go take and make open three-pointers. He's already ready to do that. You know, and so the key will be, is he in lineups that kind of help create space for him to get open shots on the perimeter and that he makes sense in from a defensive perspective? You know, because you could foresee in certain matchups going big with Trace, Race, and and Jerome potentially letting him play the wing. But I think for the most part, because of the depth it looks like we're going to have in the backcourt, you'll probably see him playing more of the four alongside Trace to where he's really able to space the floor along with three guards on the outside who can shoot. And now Trace has all kinds of room to work. But, you know, and, and you saw Jerome's reaction when Mike Woodson said that he wanted to, you know, to take more threes, play a more modern style of offense. He was ready to go. So, you know, I, I don't know if he's necessarily going under the radar, I guess, to answer your specific question, because I think there are still questions about his consistency and his ability to defend, and those will need to get answered. But I think everybody sees the potential for him to be just a, a, a double-digit score, maybe a microwave guy off the bench if he's not starting because of his attitude, because of his ability to shoot, and because of the system that we project to play. Sticky notes, email alerts, a string around your finger. They're just not big enough. So here's a big reminder from the California Lottery. The Mega Millions jackpot is over $250 million. Whew. Play now. Please play responsibly. Must be 18 years or older to purchase player five. Sticky notes, email alerts, a string around your finger. They're just not big enough. So here's a big reminder from the California Lottery. The Mega Millions jackpot is over $250 million. Play now. Please play responsibly. Must be 18 years or older to purchase player five. Um, okay, we have a, a special guest here uh, on with us. It's not that good. We'll play his theme music. That bad. Even though it's Jay's <laughs> mediocre question. It's not Jay's mediocre question, but here with better than mediocre, based on yesterday, better than mediocre instant analysis to a uh, to a transfer portal decision. It is Jay Horry. Jay, thanks for being ready to go on short notice again. Hey, no problem. I uh, had a had a meeting at noon, so I probably took about thirty minutes and was able to jump on. I have no idea what you said. I'm sure it's all been. Uh, it's uh, pretty good. So, um, <laughs> it's it's easier to do this from the office and not while driving and trying to. Yeah, to yeah, no, yeah. I, I think my uh, I think my mom watched yesterday, so it was like I can't believe you did that while you were driving. And so, yeah, I already got my mom on my case. So I appreciate appreciate mom, that, Jared. The me people need instant reaction. We crave the instant reaction. <laughs> Coach was texting last night. He's like. He's like, we're all going to be going through withdrawal. Like once all the transfer board decisions are made, the coaching staff is in and we're back to just kind of the normal monotony of the off season. You know, what are we going to do with ourselves? I'm not worried yeah, about how many that. Times, right now I'm indulging yeah, many, in the excitement. <laughs> how many times can you answer who's going to be the starting five question before uh, November? That's, that's what I want to know. Hey, the permutations are fun to work through though. I will say that. <laughs> um, all right. Give me your, give me your instant reaction to race Thompson coming back. Uh, I'm for it. <laughs> Controversial <laughs> no, take. <laughs> I, uh, I think it's great. Um, I think you know we talked yesterday about kind of a lot of the times IU missing that edge last season. Um, I think Race was one of the few guys that really kind of just brought that toughness um, and that that hard work to the to the table every game. I think you always kind of knew what you were going to get out of Race. Um, you know, but you know I, I, he definitely brings a different a different uh, aspect to this team i mean hope the ideal situation he can play a little bit of four in the four out uh four out one in offense where he can feel confident enough to catch the ball in the perimeter and shoot the three um provide some floor spacing with trace and also you know who knows what we're going to get out of joey brock next year if joey can't play much i think anything we get out of him will probably will be a huge plus but having race there that can also play some five if we need him we want to go a little smaller. Hey, we can maybe, maybe even play some five out offense would be, would be awesome to see. Um, so I think he really just adds another dimension. As we talked yesterday, Xavier Johnson added another dimension to the roster. I think Trey's coming back really fills, fills a gap there that we would have if he wasn't there. Um, you know, definitely if we want to get, allows us the ability to play small, to play big, um, do a bunch of different things on offense. He can switch a bunch of different, uh, bunch of different positions on defense. Yeah. I think if he gets a latent shot clock situation, I don't hate Trace. You know, man up against you know, prevented shot. 
uh, he brings a, he brings a lot to the table. Yeah, sorry, I was here in the chat, and there's some people. I guess maybe one person that's just bringing stupid takes on players. I, I swear, do not come into our chat and say that anybody is garbage or any of this nonsense. That is the dumbest stuff. So, if there's a moderator in there that can ban that, please do. If not, I'll try and do it. Um, that stuff is just so silly. That's that's not the kind of way that we talk about players. Um, what do you think this potentially does with Logan Duncan? Because you know he's he's obviously a guy that has a lot of potential, but I think this might open up the possibility for him to be able to redshirt. Yeah, and I don't, I don't know. I'm, I'm I'm not a big using redshirts just to use redshirts kind of thing. Um, I, I feel so rarely guys stay at a university for four years. I I, I, just, I don't know that I don't know that staying a guy for a year really does a lot. Um, it seems like I know some coaches still do it every once in a while. Painter key one. But uh, Jay's connection is pretty good, is it? I think I need Logan to contribute next year. I think he just, I think, uh, I think Logan brings um, some some stuff that we don't have. I mean, I think he's, he can kind of face up a little bit. Um, And again, I think a lot of this depends on what we get from Joey. If we get nothing from Joey, then I think we're going to need a guy who can play the five. Um, We're going to need that inside depth. Um, If Joey can come back and play, 15 to 20 minutes a game, maybe it's a different conversation. I just don't know that we can count on that at this point. Um, and I, and I think Logan's his motor and I think his, he's, his skills, I think will allow him to play 10 minutes a game if we need him to. Yeah, it's a good point. And you know, it's not redshirting is one of those things that can kind of happen after the fact, you know, it's not like you have to declare it at the beginning of the season and then, you know, you can never undeclare it. Some of it will be based on on his own development because if he's, you know, at 6'10", 6'11", if he develops quicker than you think, you know, he could be really valuable in certain matchups, especially, as you said, if he can step outside, you know, shoot. Certainly we saw this year, you know, with Justin Smith leaving, Joey Brunk getting hurt, uh, you know, what it can look like when you get really thin down low. So just to have that depth is is huge, you know, and it, look, you want to stack your roster with as many good players as possible. That's what Indiana is doing. And we'll see we'll see how it shakes out. You know, you have some guys that maybe project as more developmental types, you know, like a Logan Duncombe, like maybe an Anthony Leal or a Trey Galloway, you know, where if they get a little bit lost in the shuffle this year because of how many options there are, you know, maybe you you could redshirt them or they don't need to be rushed into playing, you know, in situations before they're ready. Or the competition for playing time motivates them to pull something out of them that we're not even expecting. You know, that's that's the nice, that's the place to be. Are you are you concerned at all about you know having too many mouths to feed? Now it's like you know now we have all these players who are coming back. <laughs> we're, already, we're already at that point. <laughs> well, no, see, I'm not. I already, I already addressed this, but it is like kind of something that I've heard talked about. You know, the pendulum swings from one side to the other. I don't think it's a problem, but are you are you concerned at all about Mike Woodson in his first season, you know, being able to manage a couple of guys with NBA aspirations right away and Trace Jackson Davis and Xavier Johnson and, you know, young five stars like Christian Lander who are going to want time to develop, you know, uh, you know, other young guys who got a taste of playing last year, but maybe don't get as many minutes this year. Like, are you worried at all about a first year coach being able to manage all of that stuff? First year college coach being able to manage that. I'm not. I'm just being devil's advocate for you. I'm not. I mean, how many times last year did we go eight minutes about scoring? I think there's plenty of uh, plenty of buckets to go around. <laughs> Too many. <laughs> I mean, what are, what are we even talking about? We struggled to score 50 points, and we're, we're talking about having uh, too many scores on the team. Uh, yeah, give me that problem, please. Um, you know, I I, I think um, if you're playing in a in a in a more in an offense that's more fun to play in, you're getting more you're getting more and better looks for guys. Um, guys are enjoying being around each other and playing together. You're winning, you know, winning solves a lot of problems. Um, it, I'm, I'm completely okay with having, or, or people thinking we might have too many mouths to feed. Um, those things tend to work themselves out. I mean, some guys are going to develop, some guys are, are not, um, some guys are going to fit in better. Some guys are not. I mean, so give me all the scoring options we have and let's get them all on the roster and we'll figure it out. Uh, throw the ball out there. Uh, some days, some guys might be hot. Some days, other guys might be hot. Um, you know, obviously, that gives us to kind of the big, the big question mark is what's going on with Armon, and uh, that's that's kind of the big, the big opening we still have, and um, you know, that might resolve itself too. Yep. Look at this. We went from having no guests to an abundance of guests as 
We have uh, the coach, Brian Tonsoni, and Scott from Crimson Cast. we got to play the smooth sounds of the Crimson Cast intro. Uh, all right, let's get your guys' intro thoughts. Scott, hit us with it. Your, your reaction to Race Thompson coming back. Yeah, so, I mean, I've been on vacation for five or six days. Um, <laughs> I, I, I assume away, we're... T- I know I, I need to leave more often. I assume we're talking about, you know, I missed a lot of stuff. So I assume we're talking about Porter Mosier and his, you know, record against uh, the Big East. And, you know, I think he'd be a great hire for here for Indiana. Um, I also look at Musselman. No, this has been, um, yeah, I'm kind of catching up. No, this has been great. Like Monday was awesome. We got the Fife news. Um, you know, we, we got the, the the transfer yesterday. We get Race Thompson today. Um, so, no, this is this has been awesome, you know. I'll kind of take a higher level view because I haven't talked to you guys since a lot of these things happened. Um, you know, I still I was talking to my wife on the drive back yesterday from our trip. And, you know, I, I still stand by my initial take, which is I'm starting to see the positives in the Woodson hire. This is, you know, a week ago. Um, but I don't think you can be all in. I don't think you can be all out. Um, I think you were wrong at the time to kind of be 100 percent in or 100 percent out. Um in that intervening time, you know, the positives are becoming more and more apparent. He's doing a great job of, you know, the, the funny thing is everyone's been joking, like, you know, is he going to be able to recruit? You know, to me, this is actually harder than recruiting because all of these guys at, at somewhat had some kind of hole dug where they had already made up their mind, like, I'm going to go somewhere else or I'm going to try the transfer portal. I have really good options other places, um, you know, where some of them, like, it sounded like, you know, Trace Jackson Davis was already done. And so you had to not only, you had to get him excited about it, you had to get him out of the hole and then get him above the hole, so to speak. Um, so he's been doing a, a, a fantastic job. I think the race, Thompson, I, I, any of the kids who played for us and want to stay, I think is really good. Um, you know, I'm still trying to find the best way to put this into like a good analogy. But I will say that, you know, I, Ryan mentioned this in one of his podcast rants i agreed with it i still kind of did that you know we don't need an iu guy we need to get the best coach i mean jared you said a bunch of we just need to get the bench coach we need to get an iu guy and i've always been like all right we're doing the iu thing we've tried it we're done with it now that we're like two or three weeks in i will say it does retroactively look back at how much of kind of a shell indiana basketball was it was kind of this name only and we were trying to be this brand with no real like identity we saw it with archie's teams uh, we saw it with Crean here and there but definitely under archie it's like the t- we always used to say on crimson cast like the team has no identity like wh- what are what is our identity um and it feels like for 20 years we've kind of been just trying to be a name brand without really a an identity behind it um and now in just a couple of weeks it's like you know you kind of have that family feel and it's like all right this this makes more sense like this feels more like indiana basketball again i don't want to say that i grew up with but just more like a program that's also a family like you see it happening at north carolina where they continue to hire kind of guys within the program but they're very close they always talk about their pro guys everybody comes back you know jordan wears his north carolina shorts everywhere you know it's it's a real identity and it's something that you've so anyway all that said, I, I love the direction we're going. I think adding race is fantastic. I heard you guys just right when I hopped on, you know, about is there, are there enough mouths to feed? Um, you know, this is where I think I'm going to put my trust in Coach Woodson that, you know, he dealt with – this is where the NBA experience comes in great. I mean, he dealt yeah. with 12 guys in the NBA who all were the best athlete in probably their county and city that ever came out of that area. They were one of the best athletes in their college, more than likely. And he's got to deal with guys who are making millions of dollars who now you've got to tell Carmelo Anthony, you got to play a smaller role or tell guys on the bench, like, hey, man, I know you've been a stud. Now you're going to be the, the 12th or 11th man. I think he can deal with race Thompson. No, no offense to anybody like that. Like I think, I think he can build a roster and find yeah. ways to put it there. And, you know, honestly, it's like these guys w- were able to, to, you know, they ran a system last year where nobody had any spacing. Nobody barely got any touches. I, I think if you ran a more modern offense, you could have a lot more room for all of these guys. And <clears throat> if you have a world where you ha- have guys hitting outside shots and you'll, Lander's playing a little bit of a better role in hitting shots. You have Trace Jackson Davis, you know, outside of his six foot window from the from the basket. Like in my mind, it's like, all right, you could just put race right in the dunker spot. And now it's like you got a a functional offense, which is something that would be kind of cool to see after years of not seeing it. So no, I think it's awesome. I think everything we've seen the last couple of weeks has been, I mean, there, there's you know, I it's been great. I, I hate I want to see it on the court because I don't want to get into the we're winning the press conference kind of thing, but 
all of the this is more than just winning the press conference because yeah. Coach Woodson is showing an ability to get things done, change minds, and you know, anyway, so it's good. He's he's doing everything that he could possibly do up until now, you know, because there haven't been games. So it's like Correct. everything you could have wanted to see, you've seen so far. Uh, yeah. Let's bring in Coach Tonsoni. Coach, I spent some time earlier trying to discuss how Race Thompson is going to fit. It's a bit of a different, com- difficult conversation to have because we haven't yet seen a Mike Woodson team play. We kind of know theoretically what he wants to do, and you can see how the roster is shaping up and start to fit him in. But I know there has been kind of a thread of conversation like, well, if we're going to play this more wide-open style and start shooting more threes, you know, how does race fit in there? And I spent some time talking about how I think race does fit in there for a lot of different reasons. And if you're going to create a system that doesn't have room for a guy like race Thompson with his experience, his defensive disruption, how hard he plays his leadership, the stuff he can bring offensively. The problem is more with your system, not race Thompson. How do you see him fitting in with, with, with this roster and what you think coach Woodson wants to do? Well, he's going to fit in one of two ways. He's either going to be a backup post player uh, and getting some minutes because he's got to play the five if he's if he's got to be attached to the block, or uh, he's going to develop some sort of outside ability to put the ball on the deck to be able to shoot the three, which his form does allow him to shoot. I know that free throw shooting is a concern. You can tell if you're a good three-point shooter by the free throw shooting, and his percentage wasn't uh, very good. So, you know, if you're going to play – you know, stretch fours and four perimeters or, or around one guy, as he kind of hinted upon in his uh, press conference, then um, you, you would think that race doesn't fit in because race needed the ball in the lane last year. Now, it was that race needed the ball in the lane or was that the coach thought that that was just where he was best and told him to be in the lane and didn't give him that freedom. The The, the major question with all of these guys coming back is, how much does a new system with a new set of, you know, a new bunch of confidence elevate their play? Um, and, and right now we're hoping that that is the case. So, um, you know, can he play a stretch four? Yeah, I think he can. The, the question is to, to what level of success can he play? How many minutes can he play uh, if coach wants him to be that way? But you never turn down a race Thompson because of his toughness, uh, because of his experience, because of his grittiness. I mean, that is exactly – what we all like in Coach Fife and, and coming back and that IU brand, uh, that, that's Race Thompson. So you find a place, um, you, you know, to where he can fit into whatever you want if you're Coach Woodson. And so this is just good. This is good news um, today because, you know, Race uh, defends. Uh, I think he can, can defend the three. I think he can defend the four. Uh, if he wants to be here and he has that kind of, bulldog mentality that's that's the kind of guy you you want in your program and as far as you know I I sat here this morning when I was supposed to be teaching and wrote up a bunch of uh, lineups um potentially and I see that's why we love you coach well you know so I I, we're we're studying the Vietnam War I told him look at Vietnam War music uh and so they put their headphones in and let me be because you know I got the masters to watch and I got the I got lineups right here to, you know, to, to draw out. That's important. Um, and they'll be all right. Um, but there's seven starters. I, I think potentially if you just look at it with experience and, and ability, uh, there's seven starters and race Thompson fits into that. If you want to put them at, at, at a stretch four, or would you rather have a guy like Hunter at the four? And, um, you know, you got Lander, Fennessey, Johnson, Stewart, uh, all in that with obviously TJD. And I think your, your Leo Galloway, Geronimo, Duncan are going to be program builders and depth and practice guys and get in there and, and have that specialty moment for, for a game. So, you know, um, good news. Good Man, news. You know, this, this show today is kind of like how Indiana's roster has been. We went from having not enough and me by myself for 25 <laughs> minutes trying to do it all. And now we've got an overabundance. How are we going to feed all these mouths here on the show as the coach Jeff Marlowe joins us? Uh, before we move on to another topic, Jeff, I just want to get your thoughts, too, about how you see Race Thompson fitting in with the roster that's being assembled. Well, I was just listening to Coach a little bit there, Jared, and I think he's right. I think it's going to be here's the big Mike Woodson challenge. And what we hope he's bringing is development. 
player development. He's got to make race into a legitimate stretch four, whether that's at least shooting the three or whether he turns him into a driver and a kit, you know, driver and a finisher. He has to, for race to get the minutes that he had, that he would be coming back for, he has to be been told that they're going to develop him into a stretch four type. But I like race coming back because as somebody mentioned in the chat a little bit, as I was trying to wait in backstage, he can at least guard three positions. And I think that's what Mike Woodson's looking for. And look, and let me play the role of Ryan Phillips. You know, if he were here, he, he can't be because uh, he's working. But if he were here, he would remind you all of what he has said many times with his scouting report of Race Thompson from high school is that this guy could shoot. He showed in high school that he could shoot. We haven't seen it, you know, but we've seen a lot of guys who could shoot in high school struggle at Indiana, you know, under the previous regime. And so we're going to find out, I think, pretty soon. You know, is that something about them? Is that something about the system? But it's there. And that's something we talked about before last season, this kind of theoretical shooting race Thompson. It never materialized, but it does feel like some of the mechanics are there. If you can get the confidence and if he's able to get some good looks and rhythm, you know, we'll see how that goes. You know, one other thing I want to talk about, and Scott, something you said actually, I think kind of brought this to my mind. It was. You know, you talked about how Mike Woodson's NBA experience of, you know, coaching guys who have been, you know, the, they were probably all the best on their college team. And now they're in the NBA and some of them are playing big roles. Some of them are not playing roles. How do you manage all that? You know, Dane Fife has done some of that, too, because Michigan State has had some deep rosters where guys have come in that were big recruits that didn't play a lot the first couple of years, you know, had to accept different roles. And those roles would change from year to year. And, you know, Coach, I just want to get your perspective. Coach Tonsoni, I want to get your perspective on that real quick. You know, what – obviously, look, it's a challenge that you want to have. You want to have more good players than not. And I think something that I've really thought a lot about is, you know, if a guy like Race is coming back with all the options he had, if a guy like Rob is staying committed to the program, they're not dumb. They see all the talent that's coming in. They know that there's going to be more competition for minutes. You know, but these are guys that haven't won a lot of games and are going to want to be part of winning. So A, do you think that that is going to kind of matter for these upperclassmen accepting roles? And B, how big of a challenge do you think it is for Mike Woodson to figure out how to get these guys into roles, especially as a coach for his first time dealing with college athletes, get them to buy into roles and not let too much talent and, and kind of a too big of a roster become something volatile that actually hurts the team's progress rather than helps it? Well, I think Scott's uh, absolutely correct. The NBA experience, when you got egos and, and like that, is going to help uh, with college kids. I think it speaks volumes to the message that Coach Woodson is selling these, these kids where you have an option to go and start over and maybe find playing time, guaranteed somewhere, you know, maybe a smaller school, maybe a bigger school, whatever, and they're not leaving. Uh, and, and we still have one left, and I know that, but the majority of guys, they're buying the message. So, so that's good. It's going to be a constant challenge because – in two weeks and you talk to coach about your role and everything's happy. And then when the ball starts bouncing in November and you don't play, you could always have those issues pop up. It's a constant challenge in coaching to keep people happy. But, you know, if you're interested in Mike Woodson, get on a plane and come interview me. Uh, I won't always go back to that line. Um, Trace Jackson Davis, he told me the things that I didn't really want to hear. You know, um, you know so uh, he's not BSing these guys. You know, he has nothing. The thing that I've really come to like about this hire is it's his, it, he's circling back. He doesn't have anything to prove. He's very happy with his career. He wants to bring Indiana back. Whether he does that or not will be determined uh, in the next few years. But he's not going to worry about a kid going to somewhere else. If the kid doesn't want to be here, fine. We'll, we'll go get Xavier Johnson. We'll, we'll go get the next guy, and we'll get people in the uniform who want to play. That is refreshing. Um I, I hope that the pressure of the situation doesn't change. Our last couple coaches came in with, with high fanfare or at least some resume, and I think that the pressure changed them and, and hurt them, and, and their decision-making was clouded um, because of that pressure. I don't think Mike Woodson's going to cave to the pressure. I mean, uh, so I think the message is being heard, and I think that he'll just have to find ways to keep being honest. Yep. Sticky notes, email alerts, a string around your finger. They're just not big enough. So here's a big reminder from the California Lottery. The Mega Millions jackpot is over $250 million. Whew. Play now. Please play responsibly. Must be 18 years or older to purchase player five. Sticky notes, email alerts, a string around your finger. They're just not big enough. So here's a big reminder from the California Lottery. The Mega Millions jackpot is over $250 million. Whew. Play now. Please play responsibly. Must be 18 years or older to purchase player five. 
All right, so we are coming up on about an hour here. Thank you guys all for for coming on short notice. It's awesome to have so many so many people here. But let's go around the horn and just get kind of some some final thoughts, some some summation thoughts. You know, both on on the race Thompson news, but also just kind of where things are shaping up and and maybe give us your uh, you know, without Armand, because we don't know if Armand's coming back or not. Your, if you were, if you were picking the starting lineup for the first game, give us your your first your opening game starting lineup. You got to go on record right now. Jay, we'll start with you. Um, well, first, final thoughts. Um, I'm I'm old enough to remember two weeks ago when uh, Geronimo was transferring home, Race Thompson was transferring home, uh, Trace was going pro, um, Armand was going to Illinois. Um, so this is. Um, we're not even two weeks into the Woodson era and um, a lot of those problems have uh, gone away quickly. Um, so the idea that Woodson couldn't recruit, that he couldn't sell any kids on coming to IU and being successful here was, is and was kind of a joke. So um, starting five for starting five for next year, um, we'll go with a uh, fantasy Xavier Johnson, uh, Patrick Stewart, Race Thompson, Trace Jackson Davis. Now, if Patrick Stewart is starting, we got a story. That would be that would be an interesting transfer to get. I think you mean Parker Stewart. Coach would yeah, be all sorry. over Patrick yeah, Stewart. Been, get, yeah. get another bald Park. guy out there. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Parker Stewart. Sorry, <laughs> that's all right. I called Mike Woodson, Mike Davis, like three times before you guys got on here. The chat was getting on me, so it happens. It happens. Okay, wait, wait. Give me the lineup again: Xavier Johnson, Rob Finnessy, Parker Stewart, Trace Jackson Davis, and who? Uh, Ray Thompson. Ray Thompson. Okay. All yep. right, Scott. Final thoughts and starting lineup. Hey, when are you guys recording the Crimson Cast, by the way? Galen put the call out earlier on Twitter. Is that coming tonight? Uh, probably today or tomorrow. Okay. Um, we're kind of waiting for news to wrap up so we can kind of do a, uh, Don't wait, a final dude. look at it. I know. It's, Don't wait. It just, just keeps coming. Just record. That's what I found this week. <laughs> yeah, just just keep doing emergency podcasts. You're, you're getting into this uh, not having a schedule. It's nice, right? It's, it's really nice. Well, I can't nice. be there at night. I, I can't be there for Assembly Car Radio because it's bedtime. So this is like my opportunity yeah. to actually get in and, and talk is to do them during the day. So. Um, no, I, I think, I mean, there's been nothing but positive news. This is what a lot of IU fans wanted. I think this has been... Um, like I said earlier, I, I think this is good because it feels like IU has more of a soul again. Like it feels like the basketball program has an identity. Um, and it does feel like all of these moves are kind of bringing back people into the fold. I'm seeing more interest, more excitement, more friends that I know who are, you know, getting back to that mode of like, hey, can we win the Big Ten next year? Like, what's the tournament? You know, what, what are the regional sites? Like just going off in crazy thoughts, which is we need to be there versus like, what's the buyout again? <laughs> like, How many more years do we have on a buyout? Um, or just, you know, hey, I'm going to start watching the Pacers more. You know, it's, as a fan base, this has all been very invigorating. I would tell everybody I don't want to be the downer, but like, you know, and, and I think Coach Tassani said this in the last podcast, which was very a valid point. Like, we've got to see it on the court, too. I'm not saying we won't, um, but I do just think this is a team that went 12 and 15 last year, went 7 and 12 in the Big Ten. So the guys we're bringing back, they all have, you know, we're, we're kind of all assuming that they're all going to hit maximum um, growth potential in the off season, and that's not going to happen. Some guys are, some guys might do it. Some guys are going to flatline. Some guys are going to go down. And so the idea that everyone's going to hit their maximum growth potential is probably unrealistic. Um, that said, I do think there is a real opportunity to see a lot of growth this year because you had a very, very tight offensive system last year, and a lot of these guys did not have room to grow. And so, and a lot of these guys had other opportunities. Um, and so they're, they're coming back for a reason. And I don't think, I don't think if you're Trace Jackson Davis, you're coming back to not put a ton of work in, in the off season, um, to then not get drafted next year. You know, th this is a plan for him. If you're Xavier Johnson, you had offers from guys from two teams that were in the final four, one, won a title. You don't decide to come here because you don't want to put the work in. So I do think you're going to see that. Um, uh, but yeah, we're, we're so far. Woodson is doing all of the things that we wanted to, to see done. If I had to look at a starting lineup, um, you know, I would say, you know, I would say Finnessy, Xavier Johnson, Jerome Hunter, Race Thompson, Trace Jackson Davis. You go big, you bring some shooting out there. You go with guys who have been in the system. I think, you know, you, you could see some Lander, you could see some Stewart um, in starting lineups. But, you know, I, I love Christian Lander. I want to see him improve. But I do remember this time last year, everyone was just penciling him in like, hey, he's our starting point guard. Like, All right, we got Lander, we got Jackson Davis, we're good to go. And it's like the guy played three minutes a game. So 
I, I need to see a lot more before I'm just going to pencil him into my starting lineup. And as frustrating at times as Rob Finnessy has been, I think this could be – he's the one I'm most excited to see a possible growth potential because he's the one who has the talent who I think in your last pod you talked about too just seems like he's been stuck in this – you know, just this box. He just needs to play pickup ball. He just needs to get out and play. And it does feel like Woodson's going to give him the, Hey man, like you got a green light. And guess what? If you don't have a green light, you got a green light and you got another green light. Like that's the, that's what, and I want to see Rob Plander that if he plays like that, he legitimately should be the starting point guard for a solid big 10 team. So that's my starting lineup. Um, and we're in a good spot. So I'm going to take another vacation. Like I'm going to go off for another two weeks to see what, <laughs> see, see who we hire. I mean, maybe we, maybe we can get Potter Mosier as our next assistant. Like all the guys who were talking about as head coaches are on the staff in some other, some other spot. So let's, uh, let's go. Well, rumor has it, we're, we're holding that third assistant spot until this Boston thing unravels. And then Brad can take his safe landing back. Yeah. He can get, he can get on the train cause he missed his spot, but now we're saving that spot. So when, when they kick yeah, him like, out of Boston, he can still come to be part of value. Could have had it two years ago, Brad, but now I mean, you, Slot in right behind Dane Fife, like number two assistant. It's a solid job, man. Bring yeah. it on. <laughs> uh, Coach Marlowe, final thoughts and starting lineup. Well, I just think right now you've got to be giving Mike Woodson an A+. I mean, he he has taken uh, – he, he got Kenya Hunter to stay as an assistant. He's brought in Dane Fife, which much of the fan base and the chat mob had been clamoring for for the last few years. Um, we'll see what happens with Mike Roberts or who will be that third assistant – but he's gotten back the key players that we've all wanted him to keep. And, 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 and Armand obviously still out there. So we'll see what happens. But even if Armand were to leave, I think you have to be very, you have to be really pleased with what coach Woodson has done so far with building the roster and bringing in Xavier Johnson. And if Armand leaves, then that's probably somebody else. They'll go chase out in the portal who that would be. I wouldn't know off the top of my head. I think one thing that I mentioned earlier and Scott was kind of alluding to is going to be the development. Yeah, some guys aren't going to get to the maximum improvement this year, but from what I've been seeing online, again, kind of rumored third-hand stuff, there was not a lot of development going on with the previous regime, as much as I would have liked to have thought. In fact, there was one story out there that the grad assistants were basically the ones running you know, skill development sessions, and I just don't think that's going to be happening. I really liked the interview I heard with Dane Fife on one of the local stations the other day. Um, uh, with that, and uh, my my lineup kind of goes along. Maybe I can't remember exactly what Scott said, but I'm going to go TJD race. I'm going to go Jerome Hunter, and because I want that idea of being able to stretch the floor, shooters out on the arc. I know defensively he's got to improve, and then Pat, uh, Parker Stewart and Xavier Johnson. Okay, all right, Coach Tonsoni. Hey, you're on Assembly Call Radio tonight, right? Yeah, I'll be on tonight um, uh, with Andy, so I, I can get into this a lot longer. One. Um, I think there was a legitimate question when six guys entered the portal. I know everyone's mad at people, but um, what was this roster going to be like? I, I think that was a legitimate concern. Um, and, it, you know, you bring in nine, ten different guys and, and you got to meld them. That that could be done, and we needed to go in that direction. So it wasn't like you need to keep the guy just to, to keep players. But it was a legitimate question. So what this news does for the last two weeks is we have a team. And we have depth and we know these guys and we like these guys because they had some of the characteristics. Now we get to see another coach mold these guys and improve them with development. And so what this means is it's depth. But this team was 12 and 15 and and hadn't won for a couple years. So it needs to really improve. And where it improves is Xavier Johnson, double digits in a major conference, Uh, Parker Stewart, double digits as a freshman or or not double digits, but he was able to shoot well and score well at Pittsburgh and then go to a smaller school and dominate. It could be a closer. Those two right there are a talent in, you know, an infuse uh, of good talent. Um, And that's this roster needed that regardless of all of them coming back and a new coach, this roster needed some talent um, to do some things while the other waiting for that development. So, um, I have all kinds of starting lineups here. Uh, Some of them have already been mentioned. I'm going to work on them some more this afternoon before the show tonight. But I think you got to have – I'm going to have kids back in here in a second. There's the bell. bell. Um, I think Johnson and Stewart have to start. Uh, If you recruited them in here, I think they have to start. Thompson and TJD have to start. The question is going to be Finnessy or Lander. I think Finnessy for defense. Hmm. Okay. Um, Thank you guys for being here. Thanks, Coach. 
I was yep. looking for that take that to the school board drop, and I couldn't find it because this would have been really good timing for it. So I got. I don't I, like school boards. I got. I got. I got to update my board here. Um, look, another great day for Indiana basketball. Getting Race Thompson back. It's just this is fun. You know, it has been. I looked that game against Rutgers was on March 11th. It has been less than a month, and think about the change in the mood and the excitement and the enthusiasm in less than a month because of what's going on. So it's awesome. And I'll tell you, you know, my last thought here, it, and look, you guys know this, no one can talk themselves into a senior guard narrative like Jared Morris. That was my homage to Mike Woodson talking in the third person. Um, and the more that I think about Rob Finnessy, the more that I get excited about what he can do as a senior, because I think he'll be able to be put in a role that is good for him. And I won't be surprised at all if Armand doesn't come back, if Rob Finnessy is starting because of his ability to, to, to take a tough defensive matchup, and boy, you put him and Xavier Johnson up top on that defense, that's going to be tough for opposing guards. Um, but his ability to do that, and then I think thrive in more of a secondary ball handling role and as a spot-up shooter. So, you know, so much to be excited about, but, you know, with, again, with Xavier Johnson, with Parker Stewart, with Rob Finnessy, with Christian Lander, with Anthony Leo already, even without Armand Franklin, you've got a backcourt that you can feel really good about going into Big Ten games. You throw Armand Franklin into that mix, and you're talking about one of the one of the most talented backcourts in the country, right there. And that's not hyperbole. Now, you know, some guys have to develop, and you know, you have to you have to kind of see what happens with it. But it's been a while since we've had that level of talent and versatility uh, in the backcourt, which would be awesome to see. So, anyway, I gave my lineup thoughts. Uh, Earlier in the show, couldn't settle on one because there's so many good options, but we will have plenty of time to discuss that as we move forward here this offseason, uh, and we'll keep having shows as long as there keeps being uh, exciting news uh, to talk about. So thanks to Jay, to Scott from Crimson Cast, to Coach Jeff Marlowe, and Coach Tonsoni for joining me. Thank you to everybody who was here live. Uh, hey, Race Thompson is back. It's a good day for Indiana basketball. And the Assembly Call will be back tonight, Thursday night, for our regularly scheduled Assembly Call radio. Andy Bottoms, Coach Tonsoni, Dustin Dopirak will be on to assess all of this news. As always, until then, keep your elbows in and your eyes on the rim. Go Hoosiers, and we will talk to you very, very soon. We ain't done yet. See you, guys. Thank you. Thanks for coming out. I like everything about that. There we go. I got to run. It's my lunchtime, so I've got about 15 minutes to scarf some food. Cool. Down go get, to, go get some food. And get to class. My, my students are back in here just watching me on here and putting pressure on me. Thanks for having me, though. <laughs> hey, thanks for being here, Coach. They just, they just got back from lunch, so, yeah, here they come. Yeah, these are my winners hey, there they are. right here. Making their assembly call <laughs> debut. Welcome. <laughs> school board. That's, All right. That's awesome. Yeah. Take that to the Take school care. board. Take care, everybody. All right, guys. We'll see, see you. Peace. See you tonight. You. Sticky notes, email alerts, a string around your finger. They're just not big enough. So here's a big reminder from the California Lottery. The Mega Millions jackpot is over $250 million. Play now. Please play responsibly. Must be 18 years or older to purchase player five. Sticky notes, email alerts, a string around your finger. They're just not big enough. So here's a big reminder from the California Lottery. The Mega Millions jackpot is over $250 million. Play now. Please play responsibly. Must be 18 years or older to purchase player five. Some people just know the best rate for you is a rate based on you with Allstate. Not one based on Carol. She's more focused on hitting a high note than the car in front of her. Why pay a rate based on anyone else? Get one based on you with DriveWise from Allstate. Not available in Alaska or California, subject to terms and conditions. Rates are determined by several factors, which vary by state. In some states, participation in DriveWise allows Allstate to use your driving data for purposes of rating. While in some states, your rate could increase with high-risk driving. Generally, safer drivers will save with DriveWise. Allstate Fire and Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates, Northbrook, Illinois.